What's going on, Wolfpack? Another fire interview coming for you today. This is the Wolf of Roto Street, rotostreetjournal.com, and this is the Fantasy Fullback Dive. Repave your path to 2019 titles. It starts now. And we love Trevor Sikama so much with his draft coverage. We got him to come back on again and do some buck stuff for us. That's where he started with the Pewter Report, and he's, he's done a great interview here for the Bucks. Uh, this stuff just gets me absolutely fired up as you can probably tell right now we talk about Bruce Arians what he's going to bring to the table to the Bucks from a leadership standpoint but also schematics what type of offense we can expect for Arians and that no risk it no biscuit style play Jameis Winston will he finally take that step we've seen those flashes but it's been erratic is Bruce Arians the guy to unlock all that upside OJ Howard was the guy that we could not stop talking about Trevor absolutely loves him just spoiler alert so do I how high do we think this guy has of a ceiling preview there is no limit to how high upside this guy can be Mike Evans of course though the offensive focal point as Trevor talks about how will he be used under Arians is the Chris Godwin 100 catch hype is that warranted is he going to do everything that everyone expects and who's going to be on the outside of them is it Prashad Perriman is it Watson are they going to draft a guy and then the backfield a complete mystery right now could Barber, though, take the reins and be that lead guy, which no one's expecting and say ADP is in like the 200s right now? Could you be getting a best ball steal in Peyton Barber right now, folks? Listen in, find out all that and so much more with a fantastic interview from Trevor Sikama here. Fullback belly. Three tight ends, including Haydner. Kuhn is the fullback with the first and goal. Kuhn gets the ball. Alrighty, we are back with a third time returning guest now, Trevor Sikama. If you listen to the podcast, you just probably heard his draft coverage. If you missed that one, make sure to tune back in, uh, go back in episode. It was fantastic coverage of everything you need to know draft-wise. Uh, he covers the Bucks as well for the Pewter Report. His draft stuff can be found on the Draft Network. And now we're going to dig into the NFL stuff and look towards his NFL team, the Bucks. Trevor, thank you so much again for coming back on. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. How are you? Uh, fantastic. Excited to uh, talk some Bruce Arians, some James yes. Winston, all that good stuff. Very exciting team right now, the Bucks are. I, th- that guy I just mentioned, Bruce Arians, he's kind of the man at the top of this all. He's back in the NFL, which I just love. Such a great personality, a very intriguing, just unique overall offense. And we'd love to hear your take on it. What do you think he's going to be bringing to the Bucks, uh, both from just a, a leader standpoint, but also from a scheme and offensive standpoint? What are you expecting from Bruce Arians? Yeah, um, I think number one right off the bat experience and mainly his demeanor, uh, how he's, you know, because Dirk Cutter, I think he's a smart dude. Obviously, he's he's had plenty of success in the NFL, had it in Jacksonville, had it in Atlanta. Then he comes over to Tampa, did a nice job with Jameis Winston. But when it came to him being a head coach, Mm -hmm. motivating a whole team, getting a whole team ready and just being that experienced voice, he just certainly wasn't as a first time head coach. And it's hard to blame him, but he just didn't get it done. Arians is different, right? Arians is a guy who 
um, has had multiple stops where he has had success immediately, right? I mean, when he took over for Pagano in, in 2012 when he was with the Colts, ended up winning uh, ended up winning Coach of the Year for that. Then he goes over to Arizona, has a killer first year with Arizona, right? And and get, gave them a boost of success for a couple of years there before he ended up leaving. Now he's back with the Buccaneers, and I just think that you know listening to him talk, it was. Such a such a vote of confidence for, for the move that they made to bring him back, and I think that when it comes to this being a young team in Tampa Bay, relatively young, they're still on the I think the young side of things, especially at the quarterback and the offense, the key offensive positions. Having Arians there and teaching them what really works in the NFL is going to be a big deal because I kind of I kind of saw a lot of. You know, when Dirk Cutter and Todd Munkin were doing their thing last year, again, I got to say, like, they're, they're smart offensive minds. These guys know what they're doing. But yeah. often it was kind of just they were running their offense and kind of hoping it worked. Okay, mm-hmm. Arians has now a track record of he knows what works and what doesn't. Yeah. And so if it's not going to work, he's not going to do it. He's not going to implement it, whether that was part of the game plan or what they wanted to do going forward or not. And so he's not the one calling the plays this year. Byron Leftwich is doing the play calling. But in terms of him being that voice – that leader, that stoic kind of head coach, getting them on the right track and getting them, more importantly, on the right mindset. I think week in and week out throughout the season is going to be, that's that's the biggest impact, even more than the X's and O's and anything like that, just being that voice in that locker room. Yeah, for a young team, as you mentioned, that's it's huge, the leadership this guy's going to bring and what we've seen him do already. For a rookie year, Andrew Luck, for Ben Roethlisberger, for some great QBs uh, throughout the league. From an actual schematics standpoint, um, you, like you mentioned, Leftwich will be calling the plays, but of course Arian's going to be heavily influencing that, that game plan attack. What do you think he's going to be bringing to the table? What do you know about his offensive scheme? A lot of vertical stuff, uh, which is not different than what they ran last year with Cutter. It's just going to be a little bit different of a vertical offense. I think that they're going to they're going to lean on some of their playmakers a little bit more mm-hmm. instinctively than say Cutter did last year, you know, for example, in the games. I think OJ Howard played in what was it, 11 games last year, and I went back and I watched the, the film on every single first drive, right? Whether it was a 3 and out or whether it ended up going for points. I watched every single first drive of the games that OJ Howard was in, and they threw it to OJ Howard one time Ugh. in the oh like uh, like uh, this is the opening opening drive of the game right but okay oh, so like it's scripted okay you're going to your main guys you're trying to get in a rhythm they yeah. threw it to oj howard one time and that like i just could it's not believe that and that you're right and so that's kind of just an area where like i don't think arians is gonna miss that boat right yeah. cutter like i said first year head coach he had so many things going through his head the quarterback controversy who's calling the plays the defense sucks all this kind of stuff so i don't necessarily blame him for it yeah but he didn't see it right he wasn't able to see that's the difference with arians and the offense that he's going to bring i just think that it's going to be a lot more instinctive in the players that they use and how they attack defenses but in terms of a schematic standpoint it's going to be a lot of it's going to be a lot of vertical stuff, which is going to be the same for Jameis Winston. Um, people have talked about, oh, Arians has never really utilized tight ends a lot. I know you guys talk about fantasy about here, but the, like Arians has never had a tight end like OJ Howard, oh, and yeah. like OJ is gonna get the ball. Okay, that's just gonna happen, and so that's kind of the X's and O's that I'm seeing there. He's adapted mm-hmm. over the years to what's what is. It's not like Arians goes into a team, whether it was when he was the offensive coordinator with Pittsburgh or the head coach with the Colts or even during his time in Arizona. It's not like this guy was his way or the highway. It's not like he had an Arians playbook that he, you know, 
it's worked for me, you know, five, six years ago, so we're going to keep running it now. You know, yeah. that's not him. He's consi- constantly going to change his game to be modernized to what is going to work in the NFL. And so that's really what I think that that his the concept of the offense that he's going to bring and the philosophy to the team. 100%. I was going to start with Winston, but you've mentioned Howard now twice, and he's a guy we love too. So I'm happy to go right towards the six foot six, 250 pound monster running a faster 40 than Mike Evans at the combine. He's averaged, what, over 16 yards per catch in both his seasons as a tight end. And you mentioned yeah. very clearly a correlation trap. I hear so many fantasy owners falling into, oh, cut, you know, uh, Bruce Arians doesn't use the tight ends, and OJ Howard's going to rot away and waste his athleticism. And I, I'm with you. I see the complete opposite. It, uh, effect he had who Jermaine Gresham and, and Rob Hausler to work with like obviously right. you're not going to use the tight end if that's what you're getting but he, he's such a great schemer Arians of mismatches and whatnot and there might not be a better mismatch weapon and I don't think we've seen the full ceiling yet of OJ Howard what are you expecting from him in year three uh, could he have that true breakout that I think he could have but what are your expectations for him only thing stopping OJ Howard is health yeah. that's it I mean, it, it, it's not going to be a lack of looks. It's not going to be the offensive philosophy. It's not going to be um, Byron Leftwich as, as offense coordinator. Not, the only thing that's going to hold this guy back is if he's healthy or not. And the last two years, he's he's had some injuries to him. And you worry, obviously, about a guy that big because you know the tight end position. They just take a lot of beating. And, and yeah. it's hard for big guys like that to really stay healthy for an entire year. But truly, if he plays 16 games, man, this guy's stats are going to be off the charts, I think. Um, they're going to be certainly top three tight end in the NFL stats. I think OJ is already a top five tight end in the NFL. He just has mm. to get the stats to totally prove it. And so, you know, when I was going through that narrative of – Hey, they hired Arians. What's the outlook going to look like on offense? I went back and I watched some Arizona games. He was probably like year three into, into when Arians was there. That's when they had Jermaine Gresham. And Gresham was easily the most athletic tight end he's ever had in his career as a coach. Yeah. And I remember watching one of the games and very first play of the game, first play, they go to, they go to Gresham over the middle. Easy. Mm-hmm. They knew it was there, 20, 22-yard gain, whatever. He was he's never been afraid to use tight ends. He's just never had one is the Mm -hmm. thing. And you can't hold anything against a guy who, you know, you can't you can't penalize him and praise him both ways. Right. Bruce Arians is very much a guy who says, look, the best players are going to play. We're going to get the ball in our best players hands and they're going to take us to victories or losses. That's how it's going to be. So you you really hear him, believe him, say that and think he ain't going to get the ball to O.J. Howard. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. Health's the only thing that's standing in this guy's way. He could have a monster year if he is, if he is healthy. I'm all in, too, and he's falling right now until, like, pick 55, 60. So, to me, that's the no-brainer. If you pass on those huge edge gainers like Travis Kelsey in round one, round two, George Kittle, Zach Ertz, I don't like to plunge too early because I love getting my running backs and receivers early. So, to me, if I can round four, five, find a talent like O.J. Howard, I think he's got every shot at putting up the numbers of those guys ahead of him as long as, like you said, health is the big concern. But I'm mm-hmm. fully on board with you. I, I absolutely love the the offense and what he could bring to the table um, but of course for him to succeed and some of these other weapons like Evans and Godwin who we'll talk about too it all depends on Jameis Winston that strong but erratic arm uh, what do you see Bruce Arians doing for Jameis Winston we're excited about him we think Arians is the, the perfect type of hire for him but what is your opinion on Jameis Winston heading into this year they're going to give him every chance he can to succeed this is it man this is this fifth year option and that's a big reason why 
I think they mauled around well, whether you move on from Gerald McCoy, whether you don't picking up certain guys in free agency here, doing everything they can, bringing back Donovan Smith, right? They're doing everything that they mm-hmm. possibly can to put Jameis in the best situation to prove that he can win in the NFL, not just have good stats. Cause we've seen Jameis have some yeah. good stats before. Now we've also seen some bad from him, but yeah. he's got to win. And so I think they're going to put him in the best situation they possibly can in this make or break year. They're not going to short Jameis Winston, any excuses because mm-hmm. they can't, they, they quite literally cannot afford to do that because if they're bringing back Jameis Winston after this season, it's going to be, via a, a $28, $30 million a year contract, and he's yeah. going to be a franchise quarterback. So I think that Jameis, man, I thought two years ago down the stretch he was playing really good football. Then he obviously has the offseason that he did last offseason mm-hmm. with the suspension, missed the first three games, was on and off, ended up getting benched for the Cincy game. Then he misses two more games there, comes back against the Giants, leads a wacky comeback, and they still don't even win the game. And then again, down the stretch, when consistency was there, Jameis started playing well again. Right. So, look, I, 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 I understand all the criticisms with Jameis because a lot of the narratives that you had of him coming out of the draft, I mean, they're all valid right now. But I mm-hmm. would say that there is reason to believe in Jameis Winston truly taking that next step in this offense under Bruce Arians in 2019. Yeah, I think so too. You see Andrew Luck, you see Ben Roethlisberger, uh, both took nice career jumps. And then Carson Palmer has his career resurrected under Arians. So if anyone's going to do it, uh, I think it's this guy, the leadership yep. he brings, the vote of confidence he's already given saying this is his this is his offense, will go as far as he takes it. I think that's just all huge for the mental side. We know he has the physical traits, it's the mental side too, that I think Arians is really going to help refine, develop. So I, I'm big on the hire. I think it's going to be huge for him. So I, I hope it is. I like Winston. I hope he, t- he takes that career turn this week. Uh, I mean, this week, this year. Um, but in terms of who he's going to be throwing to, there's a lot of open targets. we got 229 targets uh, now vacated with Humphreys and Deshaun Jackson gone, which is the third most in the league. There's still some very promising weapons here, though. It's a pretty stacked cast. Obviously, at mm-hmm. the top of that's Mike Evans. He's had 1,000 yards all five years of his uh, professional career. But there's still a bit of an on-and-off feel to him. As, you know, TD-wise, it's fluctuated from like 11 to 5 and, and whatnot. It's been all over the map. So last year, we can say, Safely say it was an on year. Career high, 1,524 yards, 86 receptions, 8 TDs, career best 17.7 yards per catch. Uh, We know he had an on year. Is it going to be that back to an off year trend, or do you think he's going to be used the right way under Arians? What are you expecting from Mike Evans? Listen, I I said this with OJ Howard, but they're going to throw the ball so much that, again, the Mm -hmm. only thing stopping Mike Evans from topping 1,000 yards again is health. That's yeah. it. I, and like, it, it's hard for me to not predict that for Evans for like the next three or four years. Like Evans could legit break. What is it? Randy Moss's record of most consecutive, uh, thousand yard seasons to start a career. Like Evans could seriously break it if he doesn't have a major injury. And so mm-hmm. he's going to be, he is going to be option number one in this offense. I don't think yeah. there's any doubt about it. He's going to stay wide receiver one. He's going to stay target one. He's going to lead. He's going to lead the team in targets on a team that's going to throw the ball a lot. Um, I still don't see the defense being great. And even if they are better than they were last year, it's going to come via aggression. So they might be getting more turnovers and therefore maybe getting more wins. 
But they're still going to be giving up a lot of points, I think, this yeah. Bucks defense is. And so then at that point, you've got to keep up. You've got to throw the ball. And so I think the recipe is still there for Evans to have another really good year. In terms of touchdowns, who knows? It's so hard to say. Touchdowns right. are so hard to call, especially in this offense, not only because of all the weapons that they have, but also I've never I, – I have no idea how Byron Leftwich is going to call – red zone situations this year right i mean like last year i could have told you it was going to be mainly mike evans is is the main guy to score in the red zone but i don't know how much oj is going to get involved i don't know how much they're going to put chris godwin and emphasize him in the red zone so it's just tough to say when it comes to touchdowns but in terms of overall production and outlook i mean mike is still mike right absolutely and he led the league, or trailed only Tyree Kill last year in vertical yardage in the league too and obviously as you mentioned Bruce Arians as vertical of a guy as there is so I, I think it's a perfect fit I'm looking forward to it and the next receiver on the the list and probably the fantasy darling of 2019 right now is Chris Godwin everybody's all in on this guy already it seems a lot of talk that he's going to be the next Larry Fitz style slot role Arians himself saying he could be a close to 100 catch guy are you buying the hype what do you think of Chris Godwin next year yeah, um, <laughs> that hypes that hypes a lot just because Aaron's been very positive about kind of everybody. But it, right. in terms of – so, you know, in an offense, it's already got Mike Evans and O.J. Howard in it. Um, that's just mm-hmm. a lot of targets to go around. But – and Cameron Braid obviously is still there too. Chris Godwin's great. I mean every time that they've thrown this guy the ball, he's been really reliable. So honestly – he could be whatever they need him to be. Now, I don't, I don't know if it's going to be close to a hundred catch guy. That's kind of crazy. But certainly, if they're saying something like that, well, maybe then that plan is to put him in that slot role a lot more. Um, it, because here's the thing: if the Bucks give themselves the opportunity, like if they draft a guy who can really stretch the field, put them on the outside as a Y, um, let Mike Evans be the X, then you can afford to move Chris Godwin inside. He can play a lot more slot. You can manufacture some touches for him. So that's then where we get into the difference of him being kind of just an average, like, good receiver to maybe you're talking about a guy who could really make an impact as a PPR guy and even more of an impact in the offense with, with certain yards and catches if they depending on how they play him in the slot. So I think in order for them to do that as much as, say, a quote-unquote close to 100-catch guy is going to be – they have to get a speed receiver on the outside to come in and mix on the outside to allow Chris Godwin to stay in the slot. They've got the speed guy to stretch the field. He could take the top off the defense. You've got Chris Godwin then one-on-one normally against either linebackers, which he's faster than, slot corners, which he's taller than, or a safety, in which case you're sacrificing a safety and you might have something over the top with one-on-one coverage. That's how I think this uh, uh, this chain reaction of what the Bucks might be or what Chris Godwin might be kind of comes to fruition depending if they get that speed guy in the draft. Yeah, so you think they have to draft that guy? Or is there any chance, could it be Justin Watson? Could it be Brashard Perriman? Uh, it is a key cog in, in Bruce Arians' attack. Whether sure, it was John yeah. Brown. Could it be either of those guys? What do you think of any of their, their prospects? I guess I'll say Brashard Perryman um, mm-hmm. is the guy who's most likely to. I don't. I just don't know how reliable he is, right? He been, he's right. been kind of spotty his whole career, but hey, they brought him in to be that. So I guess, mm-hmm. look, if he can be that off the bat, then maybe they really don't need to, to draft somebody. I think Justin Watson's more of like a Chris Godwin backup in how yeah. you kind of use him in multiple different spots than, say, like a field stretch kind of a guy. And so that's what I see from Watson. I know they, they like Justin Watson a lot, though, so his name could be thrown around there. Absolutely, and in 
covered pretty much all the pass catchers. We covered Winston, which leaves us really only the backfield left to touch upon. Uh, and right now it's just Peyton Barber, who's been, you know, solid, but kind of bleh. We got Ronald Jones, who's fresh off of one of the more disappointing rookie campaigns. And then mm. they brought in Andre Ellington and Arian Staple as well. With all those three there, I personally don't know if they're lead backs currently on the roster. We talked a little bit about this in the, that draft podcast last episode as well. Do you think one of these guys is going to be the lead guy? It's important to know because Arians has that track record with David Johnson, Mendenhall, Willie Parker. If he has the right guy, there's been some huge fantasy production out of them, especially David Johnson. Johnson, that, that obvious and most recent example. But what do you see from this backfield? What do you think the team's plans are? And could we have another Arian-style workhorse here? I'm telling you, man, uh, a lot of – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer this question so many times before the season because I'm going to do so <laughs> many fantasy football podcasts because I'm a fantasy football nut myself. Love but Peyton, Peyton Barber is going to be the guy. He okay. is. They like, they like him a lot. I still think he's going to be RB1 when the season starts now. They still have hope, or at least they are holding on to hope, that Rojo can be the guy that they need him to be. But even if he becomes that, I think it's still going to be basically a split backfield, if nothing else. So either, honestly, I either think that Peyton Barber is going to get the lion's share of the carries, or if Rojo is good, has a turnaround year, then it's going to basically be a committee of those two guys, and then Ellington will come in probably for you know certain third and super long situations and, and then specialized packages. But I really do. I, I, until I see otherwise, man, they like Peyton Barber. The old coaching staff did the, the, the front office certainly does. And we have heard Arians even bring up Peyton Barber's name multiple times, because this is a guy who is a, he is a big dude, man. He is a big running back and Barber runs really well for a big running back and coaches like that a lot. And so that I think I think Barber is still going to be their guy moving forward while they continue to hold out hope that Ronald Jones can be the guy that they saw at USC who can break the home run ball open, really get him some dynamic plays in the running game. Very interesting because right now Barber, I mean, if you're playing best ball right now and listening, he's going at like pick 250, 260. It's a lot of what happened last offseason where everyone assumed that a new guy's going to come in and take over and Barber just kind of waited in the weeds. And by the time the season rolled around, he was going in the middle rounds and people started recognizing this is a big back that can move and play a versatile style role. So if you're drafting now, if you're a nutcase and doing your fantasy drafts already for best ball leagues, Barber might be one of the best values in the off chance they don't make any moves. And this is the guy, as you're saying, that he could be a humongous value as a Bruce Arian style workhorse. So very interesting nugget there. And I'm intrigued because, yeah, I have him about 100 spots higher than the ECR. Maybe I have to bump him up even further right now. Um, other than that, I mean, that that's pretty much what we all got uh, for today. Why don't you give us your, your record prediction for the Bucks this year, your boldest prediction for the team, and then just remind our listeners where they can find you. Oh, man. Um, <laughs> I don't have the schedule out in front of me, so I don't know about a record. Okay, exam. maybe I'll, that's Maybe fair. I'll get to it in six seconds. But I will say Vegas has the Bucks winning six games. I think okay. Vegas came out, and it was six games. And listen, they went 5-11 and 11 last year mm-hmm. with a head coach who didn't know what he was doing. A quarterback controversy for three-fourths of the season, um, a really bad offensive line, and a kicker debacle that blew two games for them. And they won five, okay? <laughs> Six is like, I don't want to sound like a like a just like a Bucks homer here, but like I put money on six. Like, I, like I think that. they're gonna <laughs> win. I think they're gonna win eight or nine games. I don't know mm-hmm. if they're gonna win ten. 
just because I do think that they have some holes in both of the trenches and certainly depending on what they do at linebacker, we're recording this podcast, you know, early in the off season. So depending on what happens with linebacker, yeah. that's still a little bit shaky, but man, I see anywhere from eight to 10 wins with this team playoff potential all kind of depends on what happens around them. But the NFC is strong. So it'd be hard for me to say definitively yeah. that anywhere from eight to 10 is going to win it. Certainly. I think if you need a chance, uh, if, if you want a chance at the playoffs, you got to win closer to 10, which would be a lot and a big turnaround for this team. But they get the talent to do it. Maybe I, I believe in Arians. I really do. Uh, we'll just see how far his magic can go. I, lo- I love that bet. I didn't even realize it was all the way down at six. I think Arians is a lock for at least seven wins. So I'm right? like, yeah, I'm, I right? might start hammering that over for sure. I love that one. Um, awesome. Do you have any bold predictions for any players or anything on this team? And then just let our listeners know where they can connect and find you. Oh, um, bold prediction. Okay, let's. All right, I'll go. I'll go to two bold predictions. Love it. I'll say Jameis Winston's a top 10 quarterback in most statistical categories at the end of the year. I don't know if that's bold or not. I have no idea. And then I will say that O.J. Howard, in fact, finishes the year as a top three tight end in the NFL, statistics-wise. Absolutely love it. And where can our listeners find you? Uh, at Tampa Bay Trey, my handle on Twitter. Um, whenever I'm doing Buck stuff, I'm normally doing it for PeterReport.com. But other than that, the Draft Network doing all kinds of draft prospect stuff over there, too. Awesome, dude. Well, thank you so much. Very generous of your time today and, and fantastic insight into the, the Bucks. And if you missed it, last episode, his draft, Trevor's draft stuff was absolute fire. So thanks, man, so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Of course, man. Anytime. All righty. All right, Wolfpack, another great interview from Trevor. Thank you so much, my man, at Tampa Bay Trey, T-R-E. If you'd like to interact and follow him, he's pumping out fantastic stuff on the draft. If you missed that episode, go back. Make sure you listen to it. Fantastic stuff before you get to your draft. Uh, and again, Buck's stuff is just off the charts, as you probably heard if you listen to this interview. was unbelievable. Some great predictions on O.J. Howard, Jameis Winston getting that all together finally. Mike Evans should have a big year. Godwin could deserve the hype, but we need that outside wide receiver you know, stretching the field. Who's that going to be? Is it going to be Perriman? They're going to have to put Godwin out there because they got no other options. We'll see. But most interesting, in my opinion, Peyton Barber. Is he just completely overlooked right now? Is is he going to be the guy? Are they really going to make a splash in this draft? Or are they comfortable? It sounds like Bruce Aarons really likes Peyton Barber, and that's his foundation right now to be that David Johnson-style workhorse. Obviously, he doesn't have the Johnson talent, but volume can trump a lot of factors in fantasy. And maybe Barber is going to get a ton of it. And he's going after pick 200 right now, a best ball steal potentially in Peyton Barber. If you liked what you heard, make sure you, you give us a subscribe. It would mean the world to us to give us a review. Let us know your thoughts on every platform. we got iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen, we're at. Find us. Tune in again, uh, hopefully soon. You can find me personally at Roto Street Wolf. And all our podcast stuff is on ffbdpod.com ffbdpod.com and ffbdpod on Instagram as well. Listen in, tune in, let us know your thoughts, interact all day. We love it. Thank you guys for tuning in.